Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, Star Trek fans. Dan Gunther here. Welcome to Positively Trek, your source for Star Trek news, reviews, and all things from the Star Trek universe from a positive perspective. I'm just one of the hosts of this show, and normally Bruce Gibson would also be joining me, but unfortunately it seems that last week's episode all about Star Trek vacation spots was a bit too enticing, and he's off to Ryza or Casperia Prime or... Walt Disney World, one of the one of those, I can't quite remember which, but uh, I will be flying solo this week, talking about all of the Star Trek news from the San Diego Comic Con, which was held last weekend. We're a little late with some of this news, but I did want to discuss it. We also have some other news from across the Star Trek universe, so I hope you'll join me today with all of this great news from this franchise that we love. And to begin with, we're going to talk all about. Star Trek Lower Decks. Season 3 is coming in just a few short days. We've got it coming later this month. And at the San Diego Comic-Con this year, we got our first full official trailer for the season. It's on. Starfleet, get to Starfleet. Prepare yourself for Warp 10 excitement. Discover the undiscovered country. The USS Cerritos remains impounded while their captain stands trial. Have you lost your mind? Captain Carol Freeman stands against... I can't believe this. I wonder how Mariner's taking it. Oh, I'm taking it. Taking it to the limit. Did you time your entrance to say that? What? No. Oh, yeah, she did. Starfleet isn't all about being fed fruit by erotic aliens with slightly different nose ridges. I could get real used to this kind of treatment. Sometimes you gotta get your hands dirty. It's on. Unauthorized launch. So begins the greatest adventure of your life. Yeah! These broken rocks are reading our nightmares, but I don't like my nightmares. Behold! It's so magical. There's gonna be times when you need to make a mess of things before you can fix them. Like how I'm gonna have to cut this guy's foot off so we can grow him a new one. Wait, what was that? Whatever happens, we're gonna be right beside you. We're in this together. Help! Ah! Let's go! My head! Or ah! Starfleet! Hell yeah! Ah! Woo! <laughs> I can't believe we're at Deep Space Nine! Wait, wait, just buy me some time. Uh, sir, how, how do we do that? Uh, I don't know, just 
Circle around and pretend we're in awe of the pylons. Um. Just keep circling. So much to unpack in that trailer. So many great things. So, of course, we have our four main characters returning, Boimler, Mariner, Rutherford, and Tendi, as well as the four Upper Decks officers, including Captain Carol Freeman, who, as we'll remember from the end of last season, was placed under arrest for the destruction of the Pac-Led planet. And it seems in season three we will get a resolution to that storyline very early in the season. As well as new and exciting storylines to continue this groundbreaking comedy series in the Star Trek Pantheon of series. So Mike McMahon told Entertainment Weekly that the cliffhanger at the end of season two changed the show fundamentally. He said, It changes the game that's happening where the crew of the Cerritos see themselves differently and others see them differently in a way that changes the tone of the show in season three. You'll see pretty quickly by the end of the second episode, each of our leads has a new personal mission. Sometimes it's helpful and sometimes it's less than pleasant, but it all stems from the first couple episodes coming back, changing the game of the show. So in that trailer, we saw a number of things, of course, Deep Space Nine featuring prominently in the show, the panel at SDCC, which was moderated by Leah Thompson. Uh, Leah Thompson asked Mike McMahon if Lower Decks is really going to go to Deep Space Nine, and Mike McMahon responded with a resounding yes. So he says, oh, we circle Deep Space Nine, we check out the pylons, and then we go into Deep Space Nine, where we will walk the promenade, we will enjoy the Cardassian architecture. Uh, Tawny Newsom then asks, will someone lick a Jumja stick? And Mike McMahon says, there's Jumja sticks, and you might see some friendly faces in there. It feels to me like one last walk around Deep Space Nine, like it's a really great episode. I can't wait for you guys to see it. As a huge Deep Space Nine fan, this makes me really happy. Seeing the station in the trailer was a lot of fun. Hearing that music just really made my heart sing. So I'm excited to get more DS9. So Tani Newsom talked a little bit about the cliffhanger. She says, we start season three like full tilt, looking for her, trying to fix it, trying to set it right. And I love the scrappiness. I love episode one of season three because our lower deckers are just like, we gotta save the captain. It just feels like this epic adventure. It feels like a movie. Also seen in the trailer was Peanut Hamper, the exocomp from season one of Lower Decks. I'm excited to see this character return. I actually just recently binge-watched season one all in one day with a friend of mine who hadn't seen Lower Decks yet. Uh, so yeah, Peanut Hamper, I forgot all about her. She is drifting in space at the end of that episode in season one, the, the season finale. So uh, really curious to see how they bring her back, what her role is. She's described by McMahon at SDCC as nefarious. So, you know, she's going to have a villainous role, possibly. That's a lot of fun. Alex Kurtzman was also asked how they made continuity between all five of the currently running shows, as well as, of course, all of the past series of Star Trek. 
And Mike McMahon talked about the showrunner meetings that uh, we've talked about before on the podcast. So he says, it's crazy because now with five shows, you really have to make sure you're not stepping on each other's toes. And there's a lot of crossover because everybody wants to play with the same damn toys. So what we do now is every two months, I would say all the showrunners get together and we all talk and each person downloads what they're doing over the season, what they're thinking about doing over the season, the characters that they want to use. Sometimes there are characters that actually can cross-pollinate between different shows. We just have to make sure we're synchronizing how that works. So speaking for myself, I would love to be a fly on the wall during those meetings. That would be incredible. We, of course, heard how Will Wheaton was kind of fought over between various shows for his character of Wesley Crusher, who appeared in the season finale of season two of Picard. So I'm assuming that's something that came out of these meetings. So lots of really great stuff coming up for Lower Decks. And of course, we'll get to see season three in just a few short weeks. Really looking forward to that. That returns on August 25th. We will, of course, be talking about those episodes on this podcast as they come out. So I'm going to move on here and talk a little bit about Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Season two is next up for them. And we're not quite done with the Lower Decks talk, though, because there was one huge reveal. And I know everybody online is already talking about it. We're late to break this news, but there will be a Star Trek Strange New Worlds crossover with Lower Decks in Season 2 of Strange New Worlds. So uh, this is wild. This is something that I'm really excited about. I like when they're pushing the envelope and pushing the boundaries and doing new and exciting things. And this definitely qualifies. So... Uh, According to Paramount Plus, the special crossover episode will feature both live action and animation, and apparently fans can expect to see Ensign Beckett Mariner, voiced by Tawny Newsom, and Ensign Brad Boimler, voiced by Jack Quaid, from Lower Decks, joining the USS Enterprise in Season 2 of Strange New Worlds. Now, this episode is also directed by Jonathan Frakes. So, I mean, there's so much to love about this. And the fact that Jonathan Frakes is at the helm is incredibly exciting. I really can't wait to see what this looks like. Is it going to be like a Roger Rabbit style mixing of animation and live action? And I mean... Anson Mount said something about an animated muscular pike. So, you know, how's that going to figure into it? Was he just joking? Is that something we'll see? We're not sure, but uh, definitely excited to see this. This will be during season two of Strange New World. So we'll have to wait quite a while to see this, but still <laughs> just really incredibly excited to see this take shape as we get closer to that. So keeping on with Strange New Worlds, their time at the SDCC panel in Hall H, where they talk about going bigger in Season 2. And by going bigger, I I assume they're not just talking about Pike's hair, but with bigger and and bolder things that they're doing in Season 2. So Season 1 of Strange New Worlds, it's no secret, I really enjoyed that. I think they made some really bold and exciting choices. Uh, We had some real classic feeling episodes. The Elysian Kingdom is one where I feel like they really pushed the envelope in a way that still really resonated with that classic Trek feel. And it looks like that's going to continue in season two. So for example, Christina Chong, who plays La'an Nunian Singh, says, I will say, if you thought episode eight, The Elysian Kingdom, was a bit out there, in season two, there's an episode which tops that to an even bigger level. 
and Celiero's Gooding chimes in. She's Uhura in Strange New Worlds. She says, I would say a couple of episodes top that. So yeah, definitely continuing that boundary pushing, that going big in season two. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, the co-showrunner, of course, got in on that hype. He says, we do some things that Star Trek has never done before. I am incredibly proud of it. And this cast brought everything to it. And I cannot wait to share it with you guys. So yeah, very excited. Ethan Peck talked a little bit about Spock in season two, referencing the Spock versus Spock fight scene in the episode Spock Amok. He says, it was an amazing opportunity in that scene to really view Spock in his various separate parts, human and Vulcan, and to pit them against each other was a very surreal, unique opportunity. And in season two, we'll see Spock really wrestle with his human side much more. He will continue his experimentation with his human emotions, and it will sort of lead to fundamental changes in some very important relationships in his life. So this is something that Bruce and I have discussed in our review of the episodes of season one, specifically Spock's emotional turmoil, and then his portrayal in the season finale showing that more future Spock. So we know there's some change that occurs there. It's going to be really interesting to see that all play out. Now, one thing in season one that has generated a lot of buzz among fans is the use of the Gorn. And Alex Kurtzman talked a little bit about the Gorn in Strange New Worlds and indicated that there's more to come in that arena. So Kurtzman said, early on when Akiva and I were breaking the story for the pilot, we wanted the Gorn to be the big bad for the season. And obviously the Gorn holds a very special place in our hearts from TOS. But the idea of what we could do with the Gorn now, given technology and where it's at, felt like a really amazing opportunity. And we were really excited about stretching them over the course of the season as kind of the big bad, even though the show is episodic. So I don't think it's going to be the only time you see the Gorn, the lore of them and the way they were presented. They're just too exciting and too interesting. So another thing that fans noted in season one is the role of Dr. Mbenga, the chief medical officer of the Enterprise at this time. And uh, there was a Q&A, of course, during the panel. A fan asked about how Mbenga later ends up working under Dr. McCoy and was wondering if they will see Mbenga lose or give up the position. So Henry Alonzo Myers answered that question. He said, you're talking about the TOS era that we're familiar with. We are not there yet. And a lot of things can happen between then and now. We're not trying to rewrite canon, but we're trying to deepen our understanding of how things come to be. And I will say, as far as I'm concerned, Babs will be Dr. Mbenga for a long time. So yeah, this kind of feeds into some of the concerns that a lot of people have about Strange New Worlds that I certainly had before it started and that I still have a little bit in that, you know, this is a very busy era of Star Trek and there's the potential for falling into canon pitfalls and traps. But I feel like these writers and producers have earned a lot of goodwill in that they seem to really understand the canon and what has to happen or what things have to end up like by the TOS era and they're not making any of the really big mistakes or anything like that but instead 
some of the changes they're making, and I wouldn't even say changes, I'd say, I would say they're establishing things that had not been previously established. They seem to be fitting quite well into what we see and maybe giving things a new spin or making us look differently at certain things that we've seen. So yeah, I really have a lot of faith in these uh, writers and, and producers. They seem to know what they're doing and uh, they definitely haven't stuck their foot in it yet. <laughs> So there's always that possibility, but I really feel like they've been doing a, a very good job in walking that line, creating new and interesting stories that challenge our expectations, but don't retcon or destroy anything that we know to be true from canon. So Christina Chong, of course, had a big role in season one as Lan Nunian Singh, a big part in the Gorn storyline. Christina Chong talked about Lan's connection to her notorious ancestor, Khan Nunian Singh, and also talked about how there's lots more to see and explore with this character and specifically that aspect of her. So she said, I love that I get to be a descendant of his, but obviously Lan is very different. She has some traits that Khan has. She's a formidable fighter. She is very tactical. She's a leader. But her decisions come very much from a place of wanting to learn and grow and evolve for the better. It's a lot of fun. I don't know, maybe we get to see a version of La'an where she inherits more of the other side of Khan. I don't know. Do we, Henry? And so uh, that was directed at Henry Alonzo Myers, and he answered, maybe. We also heard from Celia Rose Gooding. She spoke about the importance that the original Uhura actress Nichelle Nichols has on her portrayal of the character. And I love this. She says, It's been incredible. Her legacy stretches beyond entertainment. It stretches into space exploration and representation and opening the doors for other black women in entertainment. And so to have an opportunity to sort of step into that legacy and put my own little spice on it, it's been incredible. All of this has been such a dream come true. To me, if it is not all thanks to Nichelle, it is a majority of the things to her. And of course, the season finale of Strange New Worlds gave us James T. Kirk, played by Paul Wesley. And uh, we will be seeing Kirk next season. And from the sounds of it, it seems like we'll see quite a lot of him. Uh, the Kirk that we see in season two is very different from the one that we saw in the season one finale. And not so serious, apparently. So Paul Wesley says, We only saw Kirk for a handful of scenes in the finale, and that specific episode was fairly intense. If you watch the original Balance of Terror, Kirk is quite intense in that episode. So I'm looking forward to viewers seeing a different side of Kirk, and certainly not an alternate timeline Kirk, but a lieutenant on the Farragut. So he's a much younger Kirk. He hasn't quite developed into the Captain Kirk that we know. And there's more levity. It's an exciting season. So I'm really looking forward to people seeing that. So lots to come for season two of Strange New Worlds. As I said, I loved season one. Really looking forward to that. We'll be getting that sometime next year in 2023. This episode of Positively Trek is brought to you by our wonderful supporters on Patreon, including our Constitution class supporters, Jim Stoffel, Joyce Marin, Carl Morris, Dave Garcia, Rick Young, Paul D. Kinnear, Jesse Earl and Justin Ozer, thank you all so much for your support of Positively Trek. If you would like to become a patron of the show, go to patreon.com slash Positively Trek. You can get early access to episodes, exclusive content, shoutouts, associate producer credits, and more. Once again, that's patreon.com slash Positively Trek. 
Thank you all once again. And now let's get back to the show. But let's move on now to Star Trek Picard. We've got season three of that coming next year, as well as a new teaser trailer for that season. You're only as good as those around you. Those days on the Enterprise made me a better man, a better father, a better friend. I thought I could inspire people, bring justice to an unjust universe. You have no idea how hard it is to be in this world. Do not presume to know what I have and have not sacrificed for this. We have to be willing to go through that door to what's next. There's a whole universe out there. Wherever you go, we go. Here, in this moment, let's do what we spent our lives learning to be great at. As long as you and your crew remain steadfast, you are never without hope. Now, in that teaser, of course, we get to see a lot of the classic characters as well as Seven and Rafi. So we get a good look at Jordi LaForge and Worf and Dr. Crusher and Deanna Troy and Riker and, of course, Jean-Luc Picard himself. So, yeah, Leah Thompson moderated this panel once again. The panel featured Patrick Stewart, Gates McFadden, Alex Kurtzman, and Rod Roddenberry. So no official details on the plot were really given, and no confirmed release date yet. But uh, we do know it is coming next year in 2023, and it could arrive as early as February. We do know that the filming on it is finished. They've, they've done all of that. So, so we could get this very early next year. We did get a few kind of roundabout vague details about season three. Like I said, no specific plot elements. But we do know that there are significant roles for the classic TNG crew in the third season of Picard. Uh, Alex Kurtzman on that note says, The key thing for us was that we did not want to have the crew sort of come and have cameos. We actually wanted everybody to have really significant roles. And we wanted to whet appetites a little bit to see them come back together. So at the beginning of the season, the crew is in different places around the galaxy. And slowly we see them come together. But we wanted to take the time because these are obviously beloved characters to get to see where they are now. We got to hear from Gates McFadden herself, Dr. Beverly Crusher. Uh, she offers some insight into where we find those characters in the third season of Picard. So she says, You'll see with the ensemble, there's some of us, our characters haven't seen each other for years, and other ones, they've been in contact all the time. So you really do feel that life has moved forward, and that we're engaged in trying to imagine a future that we will all have the courage enough to live and go forward to right now. Alex Kurtzman talked a little bit about a new character who will act as the main antagonist for Picard season three, again, without giving any concrete details on the plot. So Kurtzman says, Terry Metalis was very taken with the idea of kind of doing the final next gen movie. And it was really exciting to approach this from a place of who would these characters be now so many years later? 
the kinds of movies that we obviously Wrath of Khan is a massive touchstone for anybody who loves Star Trek. But I think one of the things that we love most about Wrath of Khan is the mind games between Kirk and Khan and the one-upsmanship. That has been a real North Star for us this season. The villain that we created. We do have a singular villain this season. I won't say too much other than that she is amazing. So... Uh, little hints there, but uh, we're not sure who the villain is. Uh, Terry Metalis has gone on Twitter to say that it is not Denise Crosby's Commander Sela character from Star Trek The Next Generation, which a lot of people have been guessing. But that could be a misdirection. That could be accurate. We don't know. But uh, yeah, really curious about this. I'm I'm never too keen when they talk about, you know, having a villain and especially the many times we've heard that, you know, the wrath of Khan has been a template for this. That's a little worrisome to me, but I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt and seeing where they go with this. I am really curious, of course. So there's one exciting reveal from the panel, a question from the moderator, Leah Thompson, asking Patrick Stewart if he gets to sit in the captain's chair in season three. Stewart revealed that this may be a more complicated question than it seems on the face of it because there appears to be multiple ships to choose from. So Patrick Stewart says, The captain's chair. The identical chair on the identical ship, I don't think I do. I mean, there's more than one Enterprise and that makes it a little complicated. But we do return to the original Enterprise for a while and I had completely forgotten that in those days we had carpets on the floor. So that's the kind of advancement that has been made. So from that, it sounds like he's referring to the Enterprise D when he says the original Enterprise, right? His original Enterprise from TNG. Uh, so Star Trek Generations was the swan song for the Enterprise D with the crash on Viridian 3. But season three may also include another Enterprise from the sounds of this. Maybe the Enterprise E or more likely a new version, the Enterprise F. We have seen hints to that effect on Twitter from Terry Metalis as well. So uh, yeah, there's a there's one tweet where the letter F features prominently over and over. So it seems like that's a pretty broad hint about an enterprise that we may see in season three. So I'm really excited for season three. I'm, I'm a little disappointed that so many of the new original characters for Picard have been pushed aside for the TNG folks to come back in. That said, with these character reveals and these small details, I'm excited to see what they've come up with. And, you know, Nemesis, I always thought was not the best ending for the TNG crew. So I like this idea that they're doing kind of a quote, new final TNG movie for season three of Picard. So yeah, I, I think it'll definitely be kind of set apart from the rest of Picard season one and two. It sounds like it'll be a very different show, but uh, yeah, I, I guess all I can keep saying is I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I'll be watching, of course. One other small detail that it should be noted, uh, Terry Metalis, like I said, he's been revealing various things on Twitter. Uh, one of the things uh, was this picture of Worf from this teaser trailer talking about the sword on Worf's back. It's called a Kerleth. It's not a Batleth or a Mechleth. And it was designed by the creator of the Batleth, Dan Curry. And yes, you will see him use it in season three of Picard. In the teaser, Worf also has four pips indicating the rank of a Starfleet captain. However, Terry Metalis has said that Worf isn't a captain. 
So somebody reached out to him on Twitter, total random reviews, reached out to him and said, so I saw somewhere you said Worf wasn't a captain, but this trailer shows him with four pips on his uniform. Was this a mistake with the costume department or is Worf really a captain? And Terry replied in rank only and not what you expect. So one final detail that uh, I'm excited about that was revealed about Worf, because I'm a big Deep Space Nine fan, I love to see that brought into the story more and more. Uh, Somebody asked, are you still using the backstory that was established for Star Trek Picard originally and used in a novel that Worf took command of the Enterprise E after Picard left, or has that been changed? So Terry replied, you'll just have to see. I'm just saying that's not where we meet him here. He's on another track, one related to the Dominion War. Now I've said too much. Bye. <laughs> so, yeah, um, he's revealing a lot on Twitter. It's it's definitely really worth following him on Twitter. That's just at Terry Metalis. He's kind of king of the teases on Twitter right now. So uh, we've got that reveal that there's something to do with the Dominion War that has Worf where he is now. Really curious to see what that is with the rank of captain, but not the captain of a ship, presumably. And uh, of course, the revelation that Jordi LaForge is a Commodore as well it came from that. So yeah, really curious to see where they're all coming from, <laughs> where things are going. So yeah, we'll definitely follow that for sure. So one other little bit of news that I wanted to bring up is some comments by Alex Kurtzman about Deep Space Nine. And uh, so discussions have apparently been had about bringing back Star Trek Deep Space Nine characters. This isn't something definitive. This is an indication that discussions have been had. So at the Comic-Con, a fan had asked producer Alex Kurtzman if there have been any discussions about looking again at Deep Space Nine and bringing us up to date on those characters. So Alex was fairly circumspect in his answer, but he did say that there has been t- some talk about it. So this is the direct quote. He says, I'm trying to answer your question without revealing anything. I think you're always having conversations about the history of Star Trek. And obviously Cisco is a critical, critical figure for everybody. So conversations definitely have been had. Now I've seen this reported online that discussions have been had with Avery Brooks about Cisco. And that's not what has been said here. It's not said who those discussions were with or, you know, what that was about, if that was just an internal discussion or if something more has been done with that. We just simply don't know that at this point. So I think jumping to conclusions is not helpful, but it is hard not to get excited about the idea of bringing Cisco back or bringing other Deep Space Nine characters back in some form. I think it's very much deserved. I would love to see it. You know, DS9, I think, sometimes gets overlooked a little bit. Uh, it's honestly one of the best written Star Trek series ever, in my opinion, and a, a huge important part of the Star Trek canon. So, you know, anytime it gets some love, and it looks like it's getting some love, of course, in the Lower Decks Season 3, as well as, you know, some of Worf's backstory in Picard. I just want to see more. So, you know, to that end, we do also have an on, new ongoing Star Trek comic book series focusing on Cisco returning from the Bajoran wormhole after the DS9 finale. We talked a little bit, bit about that in a previous episode. So, you know, Cisco back in comic form, that's cool. Uh, but, you know, let's see some more DS9 in canon Star Trek as well. 
So we also have some sad news to report on with this episode, and that is the passing of a couple of Star Trek guest actors. David Warner, of course, is very well known to Star Trek fans. He passed away at the age of 80 in London. Uh, He'd been battling cancer for the past two years. He was a very prolific actor with memorable roles in films, including Tron, A Christmas Carol, Time After Time, The Omen, and Titanic. Star Trek fans will remember him as St. John Talbot in Star Trek V The Final Frontier, Klingon Chancellor Gorkon in Star Trek VI The Undiscovered Country, and of course as the villainous Gul Madred in the TNG two-parter Chain of Command. He's the Cardassian who tortured Picard. A very huge loss, very great actor who brought a lot to each role that he played, and he will be sorely missed. Also recently passed is actor Paul Sorvino, who was also another very prolific actor with uh, lots of credits to his name. Star Trek fans will know him as Nikolai Roshenko, Worf's foster brother, who he met in the TNG Season 7 episode, Homeward. Uh, He, of course, played Cicero in Goodfellas. That's probably what he's best known for, but uh, definitely sad to have lost these two actors. So, folks, very shortly after recording this episode, this this is Dan from the future breaking in here now, just to add one last thing to the end of this episode. As I was editing this episode, the news came in, of course, of the very sad loss of Nichelle Nichols, the original Nyota Uhura from Star Trek, the original series, a huge loss to the Star Trek community. She has uh, been for a very long time, uh, a huge face at Star Trek conventions. One of the kindest, most sweetest people from Star Trek that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting myself. And her loss is felt by all corners of the Star Trek universe. So, uh, Nichelle Nichols, Uhura, you will be sorely missed. I just want to uh, note the words here that were posted by Nichelle Nichols' son on uh, the website uhura.com. He says, Dear friends, fans, colleagues, world, I regret to inform you that a great light in the firmament no longer shines for us as it has for so many years. Last night, my mother, Nichelle Nichols, succumbed to natural causes and passed away. Her light, however, like the ancient galaxies now being seen for the first time, will remain for us and future generations to enjoy, learn from, and draw inspiration. Hers was a life well-lived and as such a model for us all. I and the rest of our family would appreciate your patience and forbearance as we grieve her loss until we can recover sufficiently to speak further. Her services will be for family members and the closest of her friends, and we request that her and our privacy be respected. Live long and prosper. Kyle Johnson. Tributes have been pouring in from all corners of the world for this amazing and wonderful actress, uh, including from NASA, from Neil deGrasse Tyson, from Celia Rose Gooding, George Takei, of course, William Shatner, J.J. Abrams, Michelle Paradise, Wilson Cruz, Stacey Abrams, Alex Kurtzman, so many people uh, whose lives have been influenced and touched by this wonderful woman. 
And uh, I, I don't know what to say other than we will miss her incredibly. And uh, I'm so sad to have to report this news. So uh, thank you all so much for listening. Thank you, of course, to the Patreon supporters for all of your help in bringing these episodes to you. Thank you all for listening and continuing to listen. Uh, I hope uh, me flying solo this week was uh, an okay episode for you and it, and it wasn't too much of a burden to uh, be missing Bruce Gibson's voice. He will, of course, be back very shortly in the next episode of Positively Trek. Until then, as always, stay positive and live long and prosper. I'll be back, though it takes forever, forever. Just another journey Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.